Welcome, everyone. This is Braden and Tally with the Voice of My Beloved podcast. I know you're used to hearing Tally welcome you in, but today we're switching roles a little bit. I'm going to be interviewing Tally. <laughs> we're wrapping up the Love and Purity series here, and Tally's going to be sharing her story with us today. Our story. but it's Yes, it's our, our story, but <laughs> focusing in on her part in just the journey of getting past the past and yeah. moving on together as a couple, you know, it's always important for any yeah. couple that's going into a relationship to address the past. Mm -hmm. And we have to do that when we come into a relationship with Yeshua. Mm -hmm. We have to address the past. We have to, mm -hmm. you know, put aside the old, you know, put on the new men yep. and start, start anew. So, yeah. so share with us, Tally, do we want to mention anything before we jump into your story? Um, we had a great Hanukkah week. We did. It was a wonderful time of worship and prayer together with yeah. everyone that gathered here. I just look forward to more events like this, so just continuing on, pressing in. We need the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. so just posturing ourselves to receive from God worship and prayer, just putting ourselves in that position to receive from God's yeah. Spirit. We need to be sharp for these last days. Yeah, just, and yeah, yeah, all glory to God, too, because, uh, yeah, everything just went beautifully, and so much of that depends on on God orchestrating that all with uh, just bringing the people to engage. And we just have been so blessed by the groups, by the families that have come and joined us for these events. Um, Cause it's, I mean, brain and I were just two people. We've got five little children and, um, and it's just everyone coming hungry and wanting to engage that makes the event, you know, uh, just so rich. Yeah. So, One of the fun so parts for me, for that. I grew up around Southern gospel, but a few guys had their oh, mandolins and guitars and stuff, breaking them out in the evenings and just playing some old Southern gospel songs. We had a blast with that. We had so much gospel, <laughs> gospel singing. It was great. So we had I, Tabernacle of David in the mornings and then like Southern gospel two and in the a half evenings. hours too. It was like two and a half hours in the morning worship. And then it was, and then we were supposed Sometimes to do choir. Had, yeah. My voice is so, so shot, though, after just doing worship with the choir and stuff in the mornings that I couldn't even hardly croak anything out by the, <laughs> by the night. But, like, all the guys were still, like, just singing their hearts out yeah. for, like, an hour at night. <laughs> it was a blast. Yeah. Was so uh, we've got a few events coming up. As we mentioned before, we've got the yeah. discipleship program coming up for the young women in February, young guys in March, and then family week coming after that, and then Hebrew lessons right after that. So if you want information on more information on those events, go to our website, loveandpurity.com. Yep. And yep, there's information there. So Tally, let's jump into your story. Here we and go. Where are you going to start off at? Here we go. Okay. Well, okay. So, so in Brain and I's story, I'm the bride, right? And so, that's right. So, <laughs> and so as the bride going through this whole experience, uh, you learn about the bride a lot. And so our prayer as we went through it was that, you know, that we would really be a picture, that we would really be able to shed light on this whole uh, parable of the bride and the bridegroom that's coming. And so, you know, we've gone through a lot of our, the things that we've incorporated and the betrothal and the wedding and everything. Uh, and so, you know, there was a lot of parts though, to this story that we did not plan, <laughs> that we didn't orchestrate uh, God orchestrated it. And mm -hmm. so, um, so I'm going to tell my story and kind of the things that I went through as a bride. And these are things that maybe I didn't have real clarity on even as I was going through them. Uh, but you know, years later, 
as I'm kind of, you know, getting more uh, looking back and just seeing and pondering more of what God did in this whole season, uh, God started just really revealing to me things that that he showed me and he taught me during this process that is so important for the bride of Messiah to understand as well. And so uh, Sherry uh, Braden's mom had said to me at our betrothal, you're such a perfect picture of the bride. And, uh, and I remember hearing that and being like, oh, that's, that's sweet. But then, um, but then you think about it and you're like, well, you know, let's, let's look at the bride in the Bible. What does the bride look like? We have Ezekiel 16, you know, yeah. he's, she's there destitute in the desert <laughs> right. and God says he, he comes in out of mercy to rescue her from her state of just total demise. Yeah. yeah. And so she's, she goes to this brokenness, you could say the, the, the bride yeah. in the Bible goes to a season of brokenness. Yeah. Yeah. And we see this even in the children of Israel, the children of Israel, they're, um, they're purchased, they're far away they, you know, God purchased the, purchases them and uh, goes through this whole season of wooing them and them resisting it, like in, in seasons, and actually just rejecting it, at, completely rejecting it at times. And, uh, but, we, but we all know the end of the story is that in the end, uh, the bride is going to find her place. She's going to find her identity. And so... Um, and so anyways, this is the story of the bride is, is not this picture perfect. Um, you know, everything just goes perfectly and everything just always works out for her. And voila, there's this beautiful wedding at the end. Um, and so it's a, it's a story of... And there's yeah. a divine orchestration that goes on yeah. because Yeshua says, those who have been forgiven much, love much. Yeah. And so the bride will be so in love with her Messiah because she realizes how much she's been forgiven. Yeah, you know, she's she's been redeemed from so much, and it just produces this voluntary love, this voluntary worship, yeah. that just born out of a heart of gratitude for right. how much you've been redeemed from. Right. So yeah, so which includes all of us. Yeah, <laughs> we've all been no. redeemed. So, but Tally's story, we've so, noticed as we've traveled around that Tally's story really resonates with people because many just feel a little bit of a disconnect with this idea of Yeshua, the bridegroom, the mm-hmm. one who loves you like that, that he loves you as a as a man that's so ravished by his bride Mm -hmm. and so just connecting with that even even though you've made mistakes that does that doesn't disqualify you yeah you know you repent and you can turn to him and he can he embraces you yeah so this story we're going to give our story i'm going to give my story or whatever um this the the things that we want to focus on here is just the reality of um forgiveness the reality of uh walking in the identity of who god calls us to be and in understanding the rejoicing that God, that God still rejoices over us within this story and, uh, and the beauty that is in that and how we need to walk in that place. And so, you know, we're going to tell our story and it's going to sound like I'm talking about, you know, me and Brayden and, and within this story, I make Brayden sound really perfect. <laughs> And he's not a perfect person no, no. either. <laughs> he's got an amazing testimony and too of, of how God kept him uh, through his years, which he, which he has shared, you know, but that wasn't easy either. That wasn't some piece of cake thing either. It's something that he battled for uh, to, to yeah, walk and, in that And place. we see the wisdom of God in, in just bringing Tally and I together because we're able to encourage both sides because there's many in the homeschool movement that their parents had vision for mm-hmm. keeping their children 
pure and keeping them uh, from, you know, as James says, unspotted from the world. Mm -hmm. And that's a great vision to have. And so Mm -hmm. I've, I've had a heart just to go encourage this generation. Those that parents were really encouraging this and say, go for that, go for that goal that your parents are aiming for. You're being set up for the success in this area. So go for that. And don't count that as a small thing. You know, in some circles, you'll see people almost encouraging young people to go sow their wild oats. So then they will have a testimony when they come back. Right. You know, you don't want to do that. And so I've I've been there just really trying to encourage young people to say, don't do that. There's reward in in Mm. seeking God and just building on the platform that your parents have given you. Mm -hmm. But then Tally's able to come in on the other side and say, there's forgiveness. You can be made whole, Mm -hmm. even if you have regrets in your past. And it's really the story of the Song of Solomon. Because, you know, in the beginning of the journey, the bride's saying, I'm dark, but lovely. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that the king has redeemed her and she realizes she's dark. She's, she's got these immaturities. She's got these struggles she's dealing with. She said, I'm dark, but lovely. And she realizes she's still lovely in the king's eyes. Right. Later on in the journey, in the Song of Songs, the king says, my dove, my perfect one. Mm-hmm. He says, you know, he basically totally forgets the dark past that she has. Right. And she, he says, my perfect one you're perfect. You're just, there's no spot in you. There's nothing wrong with you. And so that's, that's the hope we have. And that's the message we want to convey in this podcast is there's hope for virginity. There's hope for complete restoration and wholeness, even if we have come from brokenness. And that's, that's going to be where the bride comes to. The bride's going to be without spot and perfect in the end. This this is the bride that Yeshua is coming back for. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of what I share, uh, even as we've gone and shared this message uh, all over with in the states and stuff, we uh, my heart has been. I really want to speak the message that I would have heard as a young person that would have that would have helped me uh, steer clear of some of the 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 things that I got into <laughs> as a as a young person and and I just think well, you know if I could take myself as a young child if I could tell them something what would it be you know if I could tell myself something what would it be and that's what motivates me in even going out is I I would love to give uh a a call to to something that's better, something that is different than wh- where everyone else is going, where everyone else around you is going. And so that's the heart uh, is, is that. And so we'll jump into it. Yeah. Let's hear okay. your story. Okay. So, uh, I, so I've shared, we've, we've kind of, you know, we've, this has been a long process of kind of us telling this whole story over the past several months. Uh, and so you've, you've definitely heard bits and pieces. Now, uh, the first thing I want to just say is that, um, I love my parents and that my parents were both saved, um, out, uh, you know, they, they came to a, uh, they they got born again when in their in their later years like uh, in their later twenties and thirties, and um, my mom was saved radically out of out of Hollywood. Uh, my dad uh, just he grew up in the Catholic uh, family Italian Catholic world, and he had just a major. Uh, a major experience with God, uh, just of how his realness and stuff. And so my parents got married shortly after their, their born again experience and started our family and they, they were incredible and they did um, an amazing job. They sent me to Christian school. Like there's, there's so many good things. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pretty, um, adventurous kind of a person. Okay. And so, uh, some of the things that I got into was my parents, what they did amazing at was they loved me 
through everything. It was always a safe place. They were safe. Them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is how Brain and I's backgrounds totally differ. <laughs> His parents were all about, you know, um, the rules and what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And there's very clear consequences. Clear boundaries. And clear boundaries, yeah. clear, clear consequences. With my parents, it was like just drowned you in love it was just (laughs) (laughs) there were no there weren't real real boundaries uh there weren't a whole lot of consequences but they had my heart and I, I wanted to do the right thing uh as I was growing up so anyways I you know and and I'm gonna tell my past here and I'm not gonna go into real detail because you know it's you get into this whole like comparing oh this you know my past is worse than that or not as bad or whatever it is and and I don't want that to be a part of this okay because we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God so we've all found ourselves in a place of being of making bad decisions and and needing forgiveness um and so anyways so i'm gonna go into my my story i grew up christian home went to church on the worship team loved god uh wanted to do the right thing um and so you know but going to school and stuff uh influence of friends and and the world just being in in the world and stuff theater influence yeah i started yeah i started singing and stuff at at a young age at about fourth grade and like i said my mom was saved out of hollywood and um she, you know, once she found out that I could sing, she had me singing in front of every person that walked in the door. I was doing all kinds of performances and stuff like that. And so, and and then this, I have a very artistic side of me that just <laughs> came out and it's a very adventurous and very curious uh, artistic side. And so as a young person uh, into my 12, 13 uh, years old, um, I started uh, you know, originally it was all Christian music, all Christian movies and stuff. And I, and I started branching out at 12, 13 years old. And like I said, in earlier podcasts, just got, uh, went deeper and deeper into, uh, the worldly creative culture and a lot of confusion in that world. A lot of confusion. Yeah. In the midst of that, uh, I also was in, uh, you know, and, and it all starts out really, uh, innocent, when you start, you know, as as a young person, I'm a dreamer, and uh, I started dreaming about boys and relationships and and stuff as a as a very young person, and it was kind of encouraged by the people around you. They think it's cute, you know, in the second grade and stuff like that, and when when you have a crush and stuff. And so, uh, my emotions uh, just started getting involved uh, with, you know, little little boys in my in my world and stuff uh at a young age I, I remember being in third grade and we were having play weddings out you know out in the uh in the parking lot uh, during during recess and stuff and so so this is um you know this is an emotional thing that I already went through and stuff and and so the relational world um man I, I started in third grade <laughs> uh w- with uh, just having uh just feelings towards a guy and stuff and he liked me and and we liked each other for several years and then when that broke off it turned into a different relationship a couple years later and when that broke off it turned into a different so it was just that was just kind of the world and um that that I lived in and and I always thought I was doing pretty good because I was looking at people around me and they were much worse than me. So that was my, you know, standard was I was just going to look around and just make sure I was doing better than most of the people around me. And so that was kind of the way that I walked. And in the midst of that, I'm in this whole theater world and stuff. And, 
um, I'm chasing after this dream to be uh, famous and, and, and I really wanted to be a light to, I thought I was going to make it in Broadway or something like that. And I was going to go into this, you know, dark place of New York city and just show people Jesus and the, you know, and, and I'm not saying that no one's called that, <laughs> but, uh, but you know, I just, I thought that sounded like a really good plan for my life. And so that's what you I found the opposite at. effect happening where you're getting sucked into yeah a bad place. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely is hard to stand in that world. It's, it's very hard to make any kind of an impact. Um, you're pretty much throwing yourself into a sea of ungodliness and wickedness. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so yeah, I just found myself in a pretty, pretty rough place. And so, yeah, ended up going to school in New York city for fashion design and got a degree up there and the, the which is funny I'm not sure if we pointed out in the podcast at the same yeah. time the tallies in New York City going to this highfalutin fashion school I was in Russell Creek plowing with the horses outhouse and all this so it's just kind of a funny <laughs> contrast how God must have been just looking down it's like how can I make the, a couple out of this <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah yeah so these are all parts of you know the story that God's writing that we had no idea his <laughs> sense of humor <laughs> through this all um and so, so, okay. So yeah, going, so New York city is a pretty rough place. And you know, when I was up there, I was going to a Bible study and, uh, you know, I was, it's not like I was, you know, just inundated with the whole, you know, wickedness of everything, but it was there. It was there around me. Uh, the fashion world is a pretty rough place to go. I love making clothes and I still love clothes and I'm actually would love to do a podcast just on like clothing and, uh, just my journey with everything because I really appreciate it. Uh, but, uh, at the same time, uh, this, uh, the fashion world. So, so anyways, I encourage you, you know, if you like clothes and stuff like that, you know, that's not like some horrible thing. Isn't that part of the Proverbs 31 woman? Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's part of my whole thing I want to go through. It's all over the place in Proverbs 31. So yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's necessarily a wrong desire. Um, but the fashion world, I would never, ever encourage someone to go into the fashion design industry. Uh, it is a wicked, wicked place. <laughs> um, it was, it was pretty horrible, but God had a bigger plan. And so my, friend that I made in New York City was uh, Israeli, uh, agnostic uh, Jewish girl, and we just hit it right off. I, as I said in other podcasts, I really loved Israel and was very interested in stuff, and so she's teaching me some Hebrew and stuff. And so anyways, that was the turning point in my life was when, um, you know, a couple years later, I moved back to, the, to Pennsylvania, and I, you know, I I hit kind of a low in my life. I had moved back from the city, decided that the whole, you know, fashion world, even the, the theater world, um, wasn't, wasn't what it all was all cracked up to be. And so I came back home and, and I had spent some time away from my family and had gotten into some trouble that I would have never expected to get in. But because I had no boundaries and no rules set or guidelines for myself, I ended up in some places I shouldn't have been and then messed up. And so it left me in just a, such a, a spiritually dark place because I was just regretting and wondering how did I get here and what's the point of my life and what am I supposed to be doing in life? And I'm a very excitable person. I like being excited and passionate about stuff. And I, I wanted that for God. I wanted my life with God to be exciting and passionate and, and full 
And it just wasn't, it was just like, I just felt blah, like, and so in the midst of that, my friend calls, my Israeli friend uh, calls and we go to, I go to Israel and that was a turning point for me. And it was a wake up call. Uh, God, God really spoke to my heart. He, he like, it was like, he took me and just shook me and said, get with it. <laughs> like, like I have a big, fun, adventurous life for you and you're missing it because you want to watch movies and you want to go to your concerts and you want to do what you want to do. Wake up, wake up to what I have for you. And so when I came home, I did, I was like, okay, God, I'm ready. Send me whatever. And so all of a sudden I start getting these magazines above rubies and I'm reading about this and I'm I'm starting to rethink because it's talking about being a mother and a wife, right? And they're talking about like purity and, you know, the influences on your children and the TV and stuff. And I'm going, yeah, I wouldn't want my children to watch any of what I'm watching. But why am I watching this stuff? And so I gave up, you know, the TV and movies and stuff like that and got rid of secular mu- music and all this stuff. And my friend comes and she's going through this whole like transition in life. She's like my friend that I grew up with. And she starts introducing me to this whole world of like modesty and, and like, you know, how clothing, you know, some is something that we should think about and stuff like that. And, and so, you know, anyways, so my, my eyes start getting opened up and I, and I find out about the Waller family. I get their documentary journey home and which, you know, if you haven't seen that, you got to see it. And, uh, I watched that and just, uh, I just cried, uh, through it. It was just so beautiful and such a picture of purity, which in my, like my soul just had such a hunger for that. I was just like, God, that's what I want. I want to be pure. I want to be cleansed from all this filth that I've allowed in my life. And, um, and so it was just, it just answered my heart's cry. And I, and I just cried through that. Um, but was still just like, you know what, how do we, how do you do that? How do you walk in this? And so met the Waller family and, uh, and was just blown away by their testimony and their, their family. And, you know, in the midst of all of this, I love my family and my sisters and my parents, and they're all kind of going on this journey with, with me, you know, as I'm kind of discovering things, my whole family's learning, and we're all just getting excited about Israel and purity and all of this stuff. And the whole family, our whole family's going through a revival. And so when I see like Braden and his family working together and loving each other and walking this whole thing out, I was just like, this is it. And we all were just super excited about it. And so another thing, so, okay. So then I meet Brayden and the Waller family and he doesn't really talk to me much. And, um, he doesn't talk to me much, but I meet, you know, a lot of his siblings. I end up talking to his, his parents quite a bit. We were in group context quite a bit. Yeah. You know, but we didn't have a lot of one-on-one conversations. Yeah. Well, that first Mm -hmm. time we met, I don't think I talked to you at all. Okay. We didn't talk much at all. Yeah. I mean, not at all. And there was this lady that was funny because we were at this congregation and this lady's there and she's like, did you get to talk to Braden Waller? I think you guys would make a good match. <laughs> she's telling me this and I was just like, uh, I don't really think I should talk to him unless he wants to talk to me. <laughs> and so uh, it was pretty funny. And she emails me afterwards. Did you ever talk to him? I was like, no. <laughs> uh, so that was the, the first, the, our first 
you know, time of contact. And then the next time we go and we spent time in Washington, D.C. for a couple of days at some, con- it's like a big Israel conference kind of a thing. So we go there and this is like the first conversation I have with Brayden Kay is I were walking through a museum and, and Brayden starts asking me questions about my goats. Okay. We're, we're walking through the museum talking about goats and music things, I think. And by the end of that, like whatever, 15 minute conversation, I was decided this guy is my husband. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, so then, and then I've got friends there with me and they're saying the same thing. They're like, Oh, I think Brayden's the one. Blah, blah. So, so then I go, I will go, go away from that whole meet encounter. And I'm just like, Oh, he's the kind of guy I want. I want to marry him and blah, blah. So then I get introduced I, a couple of weeks later. I'm, I'm at my house and I get introduced to this book called the challenge. Uh, and it's a book, uh, where it's a novel, uh, but it's about this young lady and she's keeping herself. She's walking as a single lady. So it's a pretty high standard. Yeah. Keeping your heart, you know, not just physically keeping yourself, but also keeping your heart guarding your emotions. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which mine were obviously, um, I I was probably a case in the whole thing. Uh, and so, yes, but this book, it just really convicted me about, my thought life and just allowing myself to dream and stuff, which is what we talked about earlier with the whole, you know, keeping your heart and stuff. And so, so this is a big step too. Is I, and, and again, this is just God. This is just saying, yes, Holy Spirit, please just show me your way. And all of a sudden, all these like little influences and books starts getting introduced. And so, um, so anyways, that set me on a whole journey for the next year and a half when we spent time around the family I was very guarded and I was just like God if this is your plan this is I you need to make it happen I'm not gonna I'm not gonna make this happen and you know what I'm not even gonna think about it and I really want to assume that Brayden's gonna marry someone else because that's a really good assumption to make because the chances are that whoever you're thinking about like they actually will marry someone else there's really high chances for that and so it's a really good assumption. And so, so anyways, uh, that was this uh, chapter of, of the story was just learning how to keep my heart. And so uh, I think it was about, it was still about a year and a half before Brayden actually asked. And so I'm going to take a little break from my story because it's going really long. And I think I'm just going to continue it next week. So... It sounds great. Stay tuned. Yeah, we don't want to. We don't want to cut short the uh, the story. So yes, may you be blessed out there. Those who are listening, this is Braden and Tally reminding you to listen to the voice of your beloved bridegroom. He is coming quickly.